each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hebrews 6, 11-12. Kia ora and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast, formerly the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify. A big shalom to the ears of the promise and welcome to episode 8. Uh, we have Bernie with us today. Bernie, welcome. Thank you, Phil. Great to have you with us. And it's actually nice for a change uh, compared to the last episodes to have someone actually from the church. We try to change it up a little bit, sometimes getting people from outside, but it's been a while since we've actually had a Redeemer person on, so it's it's great to have you with us. Would you just be able to just introduce yourself? Sure. So I'm Bernie. I'm married to Richard. Um, in March this year, we celebrated 30 years of marriage. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. We are, well, I'm mum to um, twin boys. They now 26. And I am a gogo, which is Zulu for grandmother. Cool. Of three grandchildren, ranging from four to will be one in three weeks' time. So that's a huge blessing. Um, I'm also a princess. Okay. I'm a daughter of a king. You being serious with me right now? I am to- no. <laughs> the God. Oh, the that, that king. Oh, of course, man. Very unspiritual way for me to start the party. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I thought there was just some crazy lineage thing coming. Okay. Oh, no. That's awesome. So, so you're, you're a Christian. That, that's great. I and am. that's that's what we've got you here. Could you talk to us a little bit about some of the work you do as well? Sure. So I, yeah, so I wear two hats. I um, run our own two businesses. I'm a clinical nutritionist. So I work with women that are over the age of 40 with chronic pain and inflammatory conditions. So I do that two days a week and I have my clinic from home. And then the other two days I run a paper craft business and it is, it's an incredible avenue of ministry. Mm. My clinic is too, but very much so my paper craft business, which is something I've been doing for over 20, probably 20, 25 years now. Cool. Um, so I just love how I can merge those both. So That's yeah, great. so I work for myself. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And so you've mentioned that you are a princess. Sorry, I was a, I was a bit slow there. It's just my sense of humor. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you now. I'll be ready next time. Um, so could you tell us about that? I guess in terms of how that uh, works itself out in your life currently. So we'll talk about yeah. all the all the stories and all the history and how, how that all happened. But just at the moment, in 2023, what does it mean for you to be uh, a daughter of the king, shall we say? Yes, sure. So I think at the moment, with the world looking like it is, for me being a Christian just gives me incredible hope. Mm-hmm. Um there's just such a lot of darkness going on and evil is just becoming more and more noticeable even mm. to the unbeliever. Sure. And I think if I weren't trusting in the Lord with my future and that he has given us a that future hope, mm. I, I, I just I can't even think what it would be like to actually be living in this world. So it really it anchors me mm. um, and it gives me incredible hope and it just makes me feel like i'm loved like Mm. just yeah just really loved um in a way that i probably haven't experienced so yeah that's just that that's what it means for me yeah 
That's great. That's great. And so obviously the point of this podcast is we're talking to people that didn't grow up with it. Mm. Um, you know, you and I both, uh, you know, we're both in church and we, we both know a lot of Christians who were who were raised in it. And we, and we see a lot of people uh, even now as children being raised in it. And, and that's awesome. But um, along the way, a lot of people come in, maybe not from uh, hearing about the gospel in, in a family context. And, and that's been you as well, which is which is a reason that it's exciting to have you on. We were just talking before we started this. We were talking about how a few weeks ago I interviewed someone who became a Christian at a similar age to when you did, mm. but she's just had it happen like within the last year. So you've got a different story to that because, I mean, there's that similarity there, but then also you've got a lot of years down the track of, yeah. of, of being a Christian. But maybe could we just talk about talk about your world before... Uh, the gospel makes yes. its way in there. Interesting. So as a young woman, so in my late teens, I was incredibly pro-abortion, hmm. a big feminist. Right. Um, I had zero tolerance for men. Um, I had no respect for men. Um, and I, I was literally, and I mean literally, hell-bound on... Yeah, it just wasn't... It, for me... Life in the womb was mm. a blob. Um, all those things that you see in the propaganda and the, and the marketing about why abortion is okay, uh-huh. I was all for it. And once I got saved, once the Lord saved me, and I recognized that I had been made in His image, mm. and when I recognized that even unborn children and, and reading the Psalms and seeing how He uh, spoke to that, yeah. and said how He knit us together in the womb, that just completely mm. blew me apart. And it was also just such a good testimony to see that I was truly saved because mm. I now recognized the sanctity of life. Yeah. Um, so that was a big, um, yeah. that was a big change in terms of how I was then. But having said that, in my earlier childhood, yeah. like I can remember, I have memories of which is interesting that I went that way as a teenager because in my younger years, the Lord definitely was calling me from a young age. Hmm. I had a desire to be with God's people. I remember asking my mom. And I was thinking about it this morning. How old would I have been? My granddaughter's four, almost four and a half. And I would say I was probably around her age, maybe five. Mm. And I asked my mom to take me to Sunday school. Um, so I, I desired to be amongst God's people. I remember as a young girl, um, school was very different to how it is now. So I grew up in South Africa. We had assemblies every day. We had to recite the Lord's Prayer by rote, so we all knew it. We sang hymns in Sunday and in assembly, so we were exposed. It was a sure. Christian culture, yeah. Even though not everybody was saved, right. at least there was that exposure to the Word. Um, but I had a desire to be with God's people. Mm. I chose friends that were Christians. Mm. I felt safe among them. Um, but then I also had my rebellious side where I wanted to hang out with the cool kids and do the rebellious things, mm. but I never quite felt like I fitted there. Sure. So there was a bit of a mixture there. Sure. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that stands out is the feminism, pro-abortion as a teenager, mm. and that flipping on its head yeah. totally as as um, when I got saved in my early mm-hmm. 20s. It's a bit of a worldview 
shift there mm, far massive. out. That, mm. That's amazing. So maybe can we talk about um, a little bit more about where Christianity starts creeping into the story there? So you've mentioned it, um, yeah. you know, in various ways as, as a child. Um, what what were some of the factors that led up to you converting to Jesus Christ? Yeah. Well, one of the big things was when I was 10, um, at the time I didn't recognize it, but it was obviously the Lord at work. My mum's aunt, my great aunt, gave me a Bible for my birthday. Hmm. And I remember reading it, just going through it. It was a good news Bible. I still have it. And going through it and going, this is interesting. But there was something about that attracted to me. Then my parents were unsaved, but they were Methodist by association. And what you do, so you get get infant baptized. And then at the age around 17, all of those that got um, infant baptized go through like a confirmation process. And it was at my confirmation camp that... I started being convicted of my sin. Hmm. And I remember driving back on the bus home and knowing that I had to tell my dad, my dad was very much against God. My mom, a little bit more sensitive and and more open to Hmm. um, Christianity, but I was too scared. Hmm. And so I let it be. And then several years went past and I was then at university and I distinctly remember sitting on the floor. My mom had big dogs at that time and I was sitting on the floor with the dogs and I just felt I needed to go to church. Mm. And I said to my mom, mommy, I need to go to church. And she went, my girlie, you go, you're an adult. And so I decided not to go to the church where I'd been confirmed, but to a different church. And that was on the way to uni. And so I did. And I was there for a year. And one Sunday, it was in February. I wish I'd remembered the date. Mm. But it was a February evening. And our pastor at the time, because we had morning and evening sermons, preached from Isaiah 6. And I felt like I was the only person sitting in that church. I heard God so clearly Mm. say to me, are you going to follow me? Mm. Do you recognize you need to be saved? And I just said, no, yes, Lord. Mm. But I knew I had to go home and tell my dad. Right. That was going to be my litmus test because I'd failed four years prior and I knew I had to do it. And I went home. Oh, sorry, Richard and I knew each other at the time. That's a different story. And I said to him, something happened to me and he went well tell me what it was what happened and I explained and he went you got saved and I was (laughs) like oh my word and then I went home and I said to my parents I have something to tell you and my dad said what is it and I said I've met Jesus and I got the most horrific profanities thrown at me but I was expecting it Mm. and I remember leaving the lounge and rejoicing because I had told my parents that I was saved and still to this day whenever the enemy comes and Mm. does his accusing thing of are you really saved yeah I'm like yeah yeah oh yeah so um that's the night I got saved yeah yeah amazing was awesome 
That's mm. that's that's amazing, and and it's awesome when you can pinpoint a moment. I, I I've talked to a lot of people who will say, "I know I'm a Christian now. Uh, mm. I know I believe the gospel now, and I know there's signs of life in terms of fruit now." But I couldn't point it down to yeah. the moment. Um, but it's super special when you can say, yeah. no, "I think that was when it was." Eh? Yeah. And point to a text even. Yeah. So it's special, I guess, when you read exactly. the Bible and see that passage. Yes. And go, oh my goodness! That's right. You know? Yeah. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the Christian life since then. Mm. Um, so, so looking back <laughs> on the years since then, what have been some of, I guess, the blessings or maybe to put it in a different way, things that you're really stoked with how that's gone, ways that God's been good to you, things that you're really happy you've worked out quite quickly. Yeah. Some of the, the highlights and the, the good moments. <laughs> I think probably the biggest one. So I've already alluded to initially got saved in a Methodist church. Mm. Full and full on ominous teaching, okay. um, and I think once, once so Rich and I got married later on, and we both came under the conviction that the teaching there was not biblical. Okay. So left and then landed up being in an evangelical church where the doctrines of election wow. were preached, and I remember driving home one Sunday afternoon and saying to Rich you know what, I don't actually understand the intricacies of this, but it's in God's word, and that's enough. Mm. And it was like this weight left me, and it's never, ever been something that I have felt that I have to go to task over, Mm. or like, yeah, even agree to a point of potentially losing fellowship over it, because it's like, no, no. And also because I think I got saved under an Arminian mm. um, model, yeah. it proves to me God is bigger than that. For sure. So I think that was a big one. Um, and then things that have gone really right or have been yeah. you know, worked out for me, I think... Things you do again the same way, that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I think just the the fact of trusting God when... Things look or feel countercultural mm. or counter just that are odd. Yeah. That could potentially people could be looking at that and going, why are they doing that? But being obedient in that and responding with obedience. Mm. Um, and yeah, there, there were some, some interesting stories where I just sort of thought to myself, you know, are we doing the right thing in acting in obedience? But we were. Mm. And so, yeah. Mm. I think that's just the acting in obedience is a big one. Yeah. Definitely a big one. For sure. So maybe maybe the other side of the coin, are there things, um, like regrets might be a bit of a strong word, but things where as you look back, mm. and if you could have a conversation with the freshly converted Bernie, that you would maybe give her a heads up about... <laughs> It's the same theme, obedience. So um, there have been a few occasions in my life where the Holy Spirit has prompted me to say something to somebody or visit um, Mm. somebody and they have then died and I haven't been to see them um, or has prompted me not to say something Mm. and I have said something with dire consequences Mm. I would say to that younger Bernie, if you hear that quiet voice in your mind, it's very likely to be the Holy Spirit. 
And what I now do <laughs> with a bit more wisdom mm. is I listen to it and I ask the Lord, is this you speaking to me? Because mm-hmm. I think it's really important to discern mm. as to whether it's truth or whether it's sure. coming under the guise of truth. Mm. And I've seen that if it is the Lord speaking to me, he presses it on again and mm. you, you just can't let go of it yeah. and act on that. Mm. We so easily just um, can justify why we shouldn't do that. Mm. Or if it sounds a bit absurd, think, oh, that's a bit crazy and then push it away. Right. I regret not acting in obedience to that prompting mm. um there have been a few times where i haven't yeah um and then yeah have lost those people and i don't know what what was the lord intending with mm. that was he intending a gospel conversation who mm. knows yeah who knows um so yeah i would say you know to the younger bernie mm. Just be obedient yeah. in that and, and act on it. Yeah. Or don't act if you've been told to keep yeah, quiet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So Bernie's yeah. become a little bit of a reform charismatic along the way. A little bit. <laughs> oh, well, yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And, and it's crazy. Like some of the readings I've done, um, like in Charles Haddon Spurgeon, mm. he'll bring that sort of thing out. He's got a sermon where he preaches through that verse in Romans 8 where he talks about those who are led by the Spirit of God or the sons of God. And he... I mean, I don't know if it was, I guess, homiletically justified him going here, because I don't think that passage is talking about what yeah. we're talking about. But he talks about all the regular things about, you know, the Spirit leads you into holiness, the Spirit leads you into, kill sin, uh, into killing sin. But then he'll talk about there, there is also sometimes this way that God, by his Spirit, uh, leads you in this mysterious way that maybe, um, you know, you're prompted to do something that Scripture doesn't specifically mm-hmm. lay down. And there's this story he often tells, about, like, I, I've through all of the sermons I've seen of his, he probably tells this story, I'd say, six or seven times. Right. He he talks about a guy who just has this prompting to go, hop hop on his horse and go to this guy's house, and he's going, Lord, what's up with this? What's up with this? And turns out this guy's about to hang himself. Wow. And he's praying as he's doing so, Lord, would you just send someone to help me? Here's a knock on the door, goes downstairs, and there's this man here saying, I don't know why I'm... Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm here, but mm-hmm. the Lord's told me to come here. And so Spurgeon quotes that story, as I say, six or seven times yeah. in a very affirming way. And I think there's something to that. I think um, like in the midst of a lot of the abuses in that world, um, for sure, that there's you know some good things that God's actually doing, and, and we don't want to um, neglect those things or, or miss them. So that's, yeah. that's great advice. That's, that's great advice. Let's talk about key people along the way. So yeah. the, the Lord has us uh, to be in community with each other, to be in church with each other and um, both being influenced by more mature godly Christians, but mm-hmm. also um, you get to a point where you're now reaching into the lives of others and speaking into that as well. So could you maybe, yeah, just talk about some some people who have been, I guess, formational in your Christianity that you've yep. met over the years? So the pastor that was preaching that Sunday of my conversion, mm. Hansi, um, and his wife, Marie, were my first spiritual parents mm. when I got saved. And they really showed me what Christian love looked like. Mm. Um, and so that they were amazing. And he was such a gospel-centered man. Mm. Um, yeah, just incredible. He had such a passion and for, the Lord, for the work of the Lord. Awesome. And then in that sort of same time frame of my early formation years... Um, 
interesting. I thought they were much older than us, but now that I'm a bit older, I realize they're not that much older than us. It's just that they were so wise right. and came across as sure, incredibly yeah. it's old. It's funny how life does that. <laughs> um, but Brahm and Antoinette were phenomenal. And I make mention of them specifically because they were incredibly practical with their um, wisdom, with, mm. their, with their teaching us as a young married couple just how to be wise with mm. our finances, to make, teaching us how to draw budgets. Mm. And, you know, I think we lose sight that we walk a practical life on this earth. For sure. And so having Christians to draw alongside of you yeah. and go, hey, do you know what a budget looks like? Um, so they were incredible. Yeah in actually helping us look and um, just work wisely. Mm. And then a few years later, I had the incredible privilege of being discipled by a lady by the name of Kathleen. Okay. Um, she took it upon herself to meet with me. I think we met every fortnight. Mm. And I have very fond memories of being just sitting with her and just growing under her... Um, wisdom and maturity as a as a believer she's even older than my mom so she really had a lot to offer me mm. and then she was replaced <laughs> sounds awful but the lord <laughs> the lord orchestrated, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah the lord orchestrated it that then a lady by the name of Peggy who is now with the lord um she mentored me until we immigrated and um she was phenomenal such an incredible Bible scholar. Mm. So she really taught me how to go into the Word over and above what we were hearing mm. on a Sunday, do my own private studies. She was phenomenal. Yeah, it's um, very cool. So okay. Yeah, and then um, our pastor in South Africa was also profound, um, Martin Holt. He had a profound influence on helping me just find the balance. Um, my pendulum swung horrifically from the liberal Methodist and I went all the way to the other extreme of legalism when right. we got out of that. And he helped me find that middle way just yeah. between the both. Yeah. Um, and so he was phenomenal through his preaching, but the way he pastored um, mm. just was just yeah, yeah. had a profound influence. And he was my spiritual dad. He yeah. filled that role that my earthly father didn't fill. My dad, mm. to my knowledge, to the day he died, hated God. Um, mm. So Martin filled that role. Yeah. And the day the Lord called Martin home, I remember sobbing mm. because he had just the day before emailed us from South Africa wow. and said, I'm still praying for you yeah. guys. And I went... Who's going to intercede for me now? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then here in New Zealand, we've had um, a couple that live in Papamoa. The Tomasellis have had a profound influence on, in our lives as well, yeah. guiding us through those tricky times, raising teenagers, sure. and just giving us godly wisdom um, and help through that. So, yeah, they're the That's ones awesome. that stand out for us and for me. Um, just have had a... A profound yeah. effect on my walk yeah that's awesome hopefully that's encouraging to people listening knowing that uh you know the ways you reach out to other people um they actually do matter and they actually do contribute to the 
to the bigger picture of what someone's Christian life yeah. could be. Maybe just things they wouldn't have ever picked up, but because you took the time to have that conversation or welcome them into your house once a week or whatever, it, yeah. it, it adds up. Eh? Absolutely. I really like what you said about that that pendulum swing too, because I think that's <laughs> like we're we're creatures, like we're reactionary creatures, and mm. and I I see that with a lot of people. Um, from, I mean, of all of all stripes and kinds, but but certainly. Christians who have a particular background mm. will see, um, you know, maybe they have like a heightened spiritual experience, they're converted, and they see really clearly all the flaws of what they had beforehand, and then just swing to the opposite end. And you, you can appreciate the zeal, and you can yeah. appreciate the gusto, but actually yeah. someone taking the time to go, well, there's problems there too, equal to the ones on the other side. And, and yeah. I think, yeah, it's like a good bit of Christian maturity to be able to be guided into, okay, like, yep, I still fully agree with all those those things being problematic, but um, we want to be balanced here. And, totally. Uh, and so that's key. That's, totally. That's great. It's interesting. Can we quickly segue there? Because yeah, I absolutely. think it's really important. Um, it was my mum who was unsaved at the time that actually pointed out the extreme, how I had changed right. in that legalistic chapter of my life. Sure. Thank the Lord it was only four years. Right. But... That sobered me. That really brought it, like, yeah. brought the light onto it and made me realize, oh my word, mm. who have I become? And then, yeah, then we sought to seek a church where that balance yeah. was was made, yeah. and that's where we our lives intersected with Martin. But um, awesome. yeah, it, it's interesting how the Lord will often use, can often use unsaved people in our lives sure. to go, hey. Who are you? Or yeah. who are you becoming? Totally. Um, so I'm just so grateful she actually was brave enough to speak out and go, I don't like this person you've become. Mm. Um, and she was right. Yeah. She was absolutely right. Yeah. How much longer, just to segue from your segue, Yeah. <laughs> how much longer after you got saved did uh, your mother get saved? Yes. My mum. How did you know my mum got saved? Because you just said she was unsaved at the time. Ah, oh, so, good. Just did some connect. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> You're applying like... something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's a, yeah, good, good observation. Yeah, very high IQ over here. Um, my mum got saved. Um, she got saved when her brother died, mm. and we had just moved to that church, so it was around 1999 so i got saved in 1992 seven years seven years later yeah and she got baptized here she got asked to be baptized here on holiday one year she um wanted to be with us yeah and be baptized here so how amazing was that yeah, so mum, mum, yeah. It's, um, Did you have some pretty amazing conversations after this happened? Incredible. Yeah. It's just so reassuring to know that even even though she saw all of that stuff going on yeah. with us, um, yeah, the Lord was still at work with her. Mm. Yeah, so that's, yeah, just so, so grateful to the Lord that she mm. is his yeah. That's very cool. Mm. That's very cool. Hey, uh, I didn't send you these questions through, but because they're just more of a um, a fun nature anyway, but I, I typically do rapid fire with people. <laughs> okay. I that's okay. Yeah. Um, I always say this, feel free to go as long as you need with it, but <laughs> yeah. if it's just short, punchy answers, that's fine sure. as well. So it's rapid fire questions. You're on a deserted island and you can only have five books of the Bible with oh. you. Which ones are you having? 
All right, definitely Philippians. Nice. <clears throat> um, James, you're going to think this is now weird. Lamentations, Proverbs, and the Psalms. Nice. I, I have not had Lamentations been brought up in answer to this question yet. So there's the first Lamentations uh, on the board. No, I don't think that's <laughs> weird at all. I think maybe the situation you find yourselves in, yourself in, could, Lamentations could be it's, handy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you'll think of this, but some people have what you call a life verse. Do you have a life verse? Philippians 4 verse 6 to 8 has been the transforming verses for me. Yeah, do you want me to recite them? No, oh. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can go, my listeners can go look it up. Yes. Um, they're great I should though. know Very it off key. by heart, yeah. but I don't know it off by heart. There's a, there's a good challenge for you in your years going ahead as a, Thanks, as a Christian. Thanks, well, yes. <laughs> I, I know parts of it, but not all yeah. of it. <laughs> They're awesome verses and so key for the Christian life yeah. uh, to actually engage in the discipline of, um, well, how should a Christian use their mind? And, and how exactly. should I, uh, when I find myself in situations that are not the easiest, how should I respond to that? And yeah, and yeah it's super key. I love what Paul says there. Best thing about being a Christian? That this place is not my, is not my dwelling. Awesome. I'm just sojourning. Love it. Yeah. Very cool. A uh, book of the Bible you would like to understand better? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm working through the Minor Prophets with my reading sister, and we were in Hosea the other day, and I just kept saying to her, Oh, <laughs> this book is doing my head in. <laughs> so probably that one. Cool. I've just finished a probably it was about a four or five month study in revelation cool because i really wanted to go into that um in depth yeah and i will go back to it again because it was phenomenal it's an amazing book um yes but yeah the minor prophets some of them are like what the heck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah totally and a lot of us yeah today just just don't know them as, as well as we could i i love reading the puritans and it's amazing when you see the way they'll apply scripture, they'll be tackling an issue and go, as it says in Amos, <laughs> yes. and, and just they'll quote it alongside John. And I just think, man, I'd love to yeah. be more like that. Because yeah. there's real gold in them. Yeah, it's it, really, is, yeah, it was really like doing my head in. So yeah. yes, that would be one. Favorite Christian song? Does it have to be a song or can it be a hymn? Yeah, yeah a hymn song. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, mine would be a hymn too. So yeah. Great is thy faithfulness. Awesome. Which is where the Lamentations yeah. reference comes in. Totally. My all-time favorite on days when it has been incredibly hard, that hymn is always the one that the Lord brings to my mind. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's an amazing hymn. absolutely love that hymn. I grew up singing that hymn. Yeah. I'm probably um, rarity among millennials who grew up singing that hymn. But <laughs> I it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, favorite Christian, um, I guess, author or thinker that you've found mm. helpful that maybe our listeners might want to dabble in? I really... Um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I have a bit of a mixed bag that I enjoy. Um, but Sinclair Ferguson. Cool. Love his style. Yeah. Just absolutely, I don't know, maybe it's his age or whether just the way he speaks, but there's just something about him that just, when I'm listening, he brings such a calmness to my spirit. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I just love, love his style. Yeah, totally. Mm. I love listening to him, and I, 
I wonder if it's seventy percent the accent, which which I, is great. I know, uh, but but I what know. he says is is I know. Old as well. For yeah, sure. his just... book, um, the whole Christ, uh, from a few years back, maybe five years old now. So amazing book. I haven't read that. Haven't one. done that one. No, it's really yeah. good. I highly recommend that. Yeah, Sinclair Ferguson, really solid. Um, such a blessing to be alive at the same time. Yeah, that dude, he's su- such a gift to the church. Favorite thing about your church? Favorite thing about my church. Hmm. Ah, uh, there's lots. Um, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I love the music. Cool. I love the music. I love a decent pair of drums and the whole gambit. So, yeah, love the music. Favorite Christian book? So you mentioned Sinclair Ferguson as a, as a thinker, but like a single volume or something you'd hand to someone? Is there something in particular that's been a blessing no. to you? Oh, favorite book. Um, can I cheat and say the one I'm reading at the moment? <laughs> sure, yeah, you can. What's that? <laughs> it's Edward Welsh's um, Running Scared. Okay. Have you read it I'm yet? I'm not. What's no. it about? It's about anxiety and how God deals with fear in one's heart. It's brilliant. Cool. Absolutely brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, I like... I'm funny. I'm just... Every book that I'm reading at the moment, this is my... The latest favorite. <laughs> There's probably something to be said for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a good way of approaching it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of Fill Me In. Thank you so much for being with us uh, today, Bernie. Uh, if you're listening, drop us a comment on this episode. Let us know what you thought of it. Maybe give us a five-star rating on Spotify if you so desire. Redeemer is a Bible-teaching church in the center of Tauranga. We have our services at 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday. Come down, say hello. Maybe come check out a service. Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz. Grace and peace to you. Less than a cool fresh spring, and to one lost sheep, a shepherd boy.